For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much. Welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shaded. As always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. First off, Randy, how you doing today? Doing great, Jeff. How about you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. And Jake, how's it going in your world today? You know, it's going great, but uh, this hot weather, I'm ready for a little reprieve. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when it's cold out there, I'm thinking of days like this when it gets warm, and I've got about two or three days of this sort of hot weather, and then I'm going, when's the cool weather going to come? So I guess the grass is greener on the other side. But anyway, glad to be with you. I hope our listeners are having a great weekend, too. Certainly glad to be with you every week here on the radio. Well, gentlemen, a lot to talk about this week, of course, as it relates to people getting uh, to and through retirement. But the headline here, I guess, for me is in the next couple of weeks, there are going to be some big corporate earnings reports coming out. What's your take on that? So, Jeff, I think to this point, we really haven't seen companies really miss their earnings. In fact, everybody's still kind of planning on earnings growth, which seems a little bit absurd given where we're at. But I think that this next couple of weeks, a couple of things are going to happen. We're going to see some big companies not do as well as everybody's expecting. But maybe even more importantly than that, usually during earnings season, companies give what's called forward guidance, Mm -hmm. meaning over the next quarter, over the next year, here's what we expect to do from uh, this much revenue and this much profit. And what's likely to happen here is these companies are going to be very conservative with their guidance, meaning they're going to put out numbers they know they can hit. But that means they're going to be lower than what a lot of people are expecting, a lot of analysts and things like that. So it's really setting the stage for uh, some tumultuous markets over the next two to four weeks as these companies really get all the earnings out. Uh, I think over the next two weeks, it's like 80% of the S&P 500 by size, meaning all the big companies, the Apples, the Amazons, the the Teslas, the the Googles, all those companies are going to report in the next two weeks. And that's going to set the stage looking forward because everything that's happened so far is really expectation of potential problems. When we start to see see the problems, uh, it could get really interesting. As far as the market goes, uh, gentlemen, if they do miss these earnings goals, what does that mean for us, not only in the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months, but for the rest of the year and the beginning of 2023? Yeah, so Jeff, if we kind of look back over our shoulder right now, you know, since the tide changed and we stopped printing money and we started to raise interest rates last year late, and especially since January of this year, we have seen that the market has been predictive of what's coming in the economy. We talk about this all the time, that the market leads, looking forward, figuring out what's next. And even though corporate earnings and things have held up pretty well, we knew that there was a recession coming and the market has predicted it. We also see it now in the inversion of the bond yield curve that has generally always predicted the recession as well. So we're seeing that play out big time right now. 
And as we see these corporate earnings start to come in lighter, that's going to push the market on down and we're going to have the recession. Now, again, I don't mean to be negative on here and, and it is a little bit negative what we have to talk about here, but I'm still telling you that on the other side of this is going to be a good time. I just hope that we go ahead and stick to our guns and Jerome Powell continues to raise interest rate and rips the Band-Aid off quickly so that we can get to the other side rather than dragging it out. That's kind of what we look for is, you know, it's going to be a further prediction of where we're going economically. And I think we'll see it play out in the third and fourth quarters. And then hopefully next year, we'll see a little turnaround. You had mentioned recession there, and some people think that maybe we aren't in a recession yet. To me, it feels like a recession when I look at these headlines. And the headlines today, I mean, retail sales tumble, not seen since the depths of the pandemic. Car repos on the rise, 13.5% car prices are. The average car, $47,148. Also, home buyers are canceling uh, deals at the highest rate seen. This seems like that we're in a recession already. So I think, Jeff, one of the things you said in, in there is was talking about a lot of these retail stores having issues. And one of the big issues that they're having is that they have way too much inventory. And so, like, case in point, like Gap last week reported that they have 34% more inventory on hand than they had last year. And by the way, in that same statement, the CEO resigned and said, hey, I'm out of here. Probably due to pressure from the board, meaning they wanted wanted her, in this case, to leave. But a lot of these retail stores got ran up way too high. So during the pandemic, retail sales fell off a cliff. So a lot of these companies got crushed. But since then, in the middle of last year, some of these companies were up 500%. And they were up, so like Gap, case in point, uh, went from like $5 to 40 hmm. So that's 700%. Since then, it's back down to like $8. And so people just got their cart before their horse on the quote-unquote recovery. You know, So we're starting to see that kind of fall apart. As far as the housing is concerned, You know, part of what I think is happening is these people are agreeing to these terms thinking that interest rates are still 3%. I think there's a lot of people that don't understand that interest rates are already five and a half at the very best you can do with right. credit. And I think that what's happening is they're they're making offers, then they're going to their banker. Their banker's like, <laughs> that's funny. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give you that much money, um, and you're certainly not going to get it for the payment that you're thinking. And so these people are forced to back out simply because they thought they could afford it, but they can't. And there was a problem before in the housing market where people would ask a certain figure for a house and the buyer would agree upon that. Then they needed financing, so they went to the bank and they had an appraisal done and the house just didn't appraise for what the seller was asking for. it. Are you seeing that that is still the case or are things coming back to normal as far as home buying goes? Well, I think things are, are coming uh, back more to normal. What we had heard here was that there were many deals, and I was talking to some realtor friends of mine, where the house didn't appraise, and so the buyer just had to bring an extra fifty dollars or $75,000 cash mm-hmm. to go ahead and get to where they could get the loan approved. And I think what's happened is all of this money that was pumped into the system through all the stimulus has pretty well run its course, and people just don't have as much cash reserve as they did at one point in time. And we've heard reports 
reports of this through various news sources that credit's running up right now, revolving credit and that sort of thing. So again, you know, this all sounds really, really negative and, and it is going to be painful, there's no doubt. But honestly, Jeff, this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It's the healthiest thing we can do is to get this behind us so we can get ready to run again. It's a little bit like having a toothache, right? And you have a bad tooth, you know, trying to leave it in there is just going to make it worse and potentially kill you. Right. right. You got to rip that thing out of there and get it over with or get it fixed at least, which is not the the most fun thing to do. Root canal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We got to root canal this economy. But I mean, honestly, that's that's really true. You got we you got to have a little bit of pain to get through to the other side. And the faster we do that, the better it's going to be. The longer we drag our feet. I mean, again, like Randy said earlier, I really hope that the Fed does not stop raising interest rates because if they stop, a lot of this will be undone and then we'll have to do it again and, and it'll just be that much worse because it's like a rubber band. The further out we expand that rubber band, the more violent the snapback is going to be. So if we can just go ahead and get it over with, you know, I think everybody's better off. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here of Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about the market and we're talking about the economy. And Jake, you had mentioned you used an example gap at $5 and then it went to $40, now back to $8. Even at $8, I mean, is the market still overvalued? Is this a, a market that you can really get some deals in or do we really need to wait even further? You know, I had a client conversation yesterday actually about this. And I think I think there's a lot of companies out there that are perfectly fine deals right now. Meaning if we thought we were close to the bottom, there's lots of companies I can think of that I would buy. But if I'm gonna get a better price six months from now, why would I pay more just to pay more? You know, and so I think you know the market always overshoots to the upside and then overshoots to the downside, meaning when things are really good, the market really gets out of control and goes way over the top to the up. And then when things get bad, the market makes it worse than it is and really overshoots to the down. But if you know that and you know how to take advantage of that, there's really some unbelievable deals. Like if you would have told me, and again, another company out there is AMD. They make chips, they make Mm -hmm. um, CPUs and graphics processors and things like that. If you would have told me they were going to be trading at 17 times earnings, right? So earnings multiples are just a way of valuing a company, whether it's expensive or cheap. So AMD, this time last year, was trading at almost 100 times earnings, and now it's at 17. They're still growing. They beat earnings every quarter, but their stock is just getting crushed and has been. And that's going to continue to be the case until this thing runs its course. And, And again, the Fed needs to just not let up. And, you know, this time next year, we'll probably be on our way to recovery. A lot of people with the current economy and the current market have decided that they wanted to go to safer investments. They're going to things like cash and CDs and money markets. They don't pay too much, but at least they don't lose money. If you're in or getting close to retirement, should you rethink that strategy, considering that there are some deals in the market? Go ahead and possibly make some deals in the near future, hoping that, you know, they will uh, rise later on down the road in retirement. You can make some money. Yeah, Jeff, I think that there's, uh, we've been hearing a lot of talk about that, and we talk about it every day in here as we meet with clients and potential clients. So again, we don't think we are at the bottom of this market yet. So I'm, I'm going to say it this way, that if you are five or more years away from retirement and you're funding a 401k and you're getting a match, 
then I would continue to put money into my 401k. Definitely. I would continue to fund it as I always have. And most likely, I would tell most people, fund that into something that resembles the S&P 500. Or if you just don't like the downside, look at that. Go ahead, get your free cash, stick your money in there and wait for a better day. And so we have a lot of people that we are working with now, advising them on you know kind of when we think the best time to go back in is going to be. And so we're creating these relationships with clients now, you know, to help them kind of discern when is the best time to start maybe sticking our toe back in and going back into the market. The challenge we have with 401k plans is generally speaking, you're very limited on what your investment options are. So you usually you'll have what's called a stable value fund in there, which is sort of like having a cash account. And then you're going to have what I call the life cycle funds, which are the ones that say, hey, I'm retiring in 2030, 2035, 2040, 2040. 45. And then you're going to have a mixture of mutual funds, probably small cap, mid cap and large cap mutual funds. And that's really what you've got. You don't have the opportunity to go in and find some of those sweet spots that may be really ready to run companies that are up and coming or that have turned a corner and is in favor. So, you know, I always tell people this, if you're five years and out, continue to fund your 401k, but let's be maybe a little more conservative. Or if you are one that will swing for the fences, just do it with the S&P 500, (laughs) knowing that you may go down a little bit before you come back. But if you got five years or more, the time horizon's on your side. Now, if you're five years and closer, we probably need to start taking a little more caution. And I would encourage those people, if you're looking for some answers, looking for some help there, that's what we do here for a living every day is to help people to navigate this. And I just invite them to give us a call and sit down and we'll talk about it. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. And as Randy said, you can give the firm a call there to sit down and talk with Randy and Jake and get your complimentary no-cost, no-obligation financial plan. Sort of a retirement roadmap. Again, it's an opportunity for you to sit down and ask your specific questions so that you can get a plan tailored exactly for you. Again, no cost, no obligation. To get your plan, you can do it two ways, 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233, or better yet, go to the website, check out the firm at floydfinancialgroup.com and request your plan there. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend on Show Me the Money. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money, and in this segment, we're going to be talking about important birthday milestones. And Randy, you know, birthdays may seem like a silly thing to celebrate in later years, but there are certain birthday milestones that you can reach. So let's start with some of these important uh, birthdays, Randy. We're going to start off with age 50. What is special about age 50? Well, first of all, I want to say one thing. I think having birthdays is very important, no matter what age you are, because <laughs> I just want to. I just want to keep having them. It's right? better than the alternative. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a member of my family who is going to in January. God bless her. Will turn 105 years old. We celebrate her wow. birthday every year. She is still with it. She goes out to eat probably three times a week, and she does her uh, crossword puzzles. And you know, she's just an active woman. And I've always wondered what the secret to her longevity is. One of these days I'll have to ask her that. But let's get back to talking about what is special about age 50. Yeah, so at age 50, one of the things that happens, you know, is 
we get to up how much money we can put into our retirement accounts. So prior to age 50, if you're looking to fund an IRA out there on your own or a Roth IRA, uh, there's a couple of qualifications there for the Roth IRA. You can't have too much income. But other than that, you can do $6,000 a year into your Roth IRA or your traditional IRA. And then 401ks, you get an additional step up from about 19500 to 26000 that you can put into those if you're funding your 401k. And so at age 50, if you haven't been saving and you're now at that point, probably, and this is the case for most people or a lot of people that we see, you're probably earning more money than you ever have in your lifetime. You may have your children raised and out the door and you're done paying for college. You may have maybe your house paid off. There's a few people we see that are that way at around 50 or you're getting close. And so that's the time that they really sometimes can save a whole lot more money and can up those contributions and really know that they're saving and building a great nest egg for their retirement. So put a big red star next to the half century mark, the old 50 there. Okay, let's bump it up now five years up to 55. That has some benefits too. Yeah, at 55, there's some interesting things that happen. A lot of retirement plans, pension plans, will allow you to go ahead and elect at that time to go ahead and retire. In fact, there are some uh, professions that it's mandatory at 55. Some of the law enforcement people, hmm. people that work for some of the fire departments and municipalities and things like that, you're kind of required to do it at that point. But one of the most important things is that if you have a 401k and you, uh, it's the one that you currently have, and you decide you want to go ahead and pull the plug and retire at age 55, there's a couple of things we know. If we take all that money out and we roll it over to an IRA, we can't actually access it to 59 and a half. But mm-hmm. if we leave a portion of that or what we're going to need maybe to fund our retirement between age 55 and 59 and a half, we can simply retire, go ahead, pull that retirement income we need from the 401k. We don't have to pay the 10% penalty that you normally would for pulling that money out prior to age 59 and a half. Uh, you do have to pay the taxes still. We can't fix that. <laughs> but uh, really, it does help people to have some flexibility as to when they retire. And we've seen actually a fair amount of that since the pandemic. We had some people that had been working at jobs for 25, 30, and 35 years. And they said, you know what? We're out of here. And they went ahead and exercised that right and went mm-hmm. ahead and retired early. Wow. Retiring at 55, that would be a dream, but you'd have about 35, 40 years left in retirement the way medicine is and nutrition these days. We're talking about your grandma. Yeah, exactly. You you got 50. I'm telling you right now, she's gotten her money's worth as far as that social security goes. (laughs) 105 and still going strong. God bless her. Okay. The next one's going to be 59 and a half. What is special about that? I think you mentioned it a little bit there. Yeah, so at 59 and a half, you know, you can withdraw money from your IRA accounts, your uh, Roth IRA accounts. All of a sudden now, if you've had those set up for at least five years, you get to pull that money out tax-free, all the earnings on it for good. Also, you avoid any 10% penalty, like we said, on withdrawing money from any of your retirement accounts at that point. And if you're still working and would like to roll your money out of your current 401k plan, you are able to do that. And it can be a 401k a 401A, a 457, a 403B, all those different (laughs) retirement type accounts uh, that you have depending on who you work for. And one of the things I would add to that is a lot of people don't understand why they would want to do that. And I think that there's a major lack of specificity 
in investing inside of 401ks. And what do I mean by that? Your investment choices are very limited inside of most 401k plans. And so at 59 and a half, we can roll that money out so that we can buy much more specific investments instead of just owning the whole market. If we just own the whole market and the market is tanking, guess what's going to happen to your money, right? It's going to go down. But if we can buy and pick and choose only the things that we want, a lot of times that can be to your benefit. And the next age is the big 6-0. That is the age that you can get uh, senior discounts. And I mean, when I was like 50 and they're asking me, are you eligible for the senior discount? That was, uh, you know, I didn't know how to take that. That was a slap in the face, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I had a bad hair day that day. You must be a senior citizen. No, I'm about 10 years away from that. Well, here's what's interesting. You know, you start getting all this stuff from AARP, Oh, right? yeah. And all that stuff you know, starts coming in the mail to you. And then you're right. You know, I remember, you know, when I was about to turn that age, I didn't really think about, and I still really don't, you know, I might get a 10% discount if I just told them that I was an old codger. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can say that now that I'm past 60, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're not an old codger, and that's because you exercise so much. I mean, chronologically, yeah, you're over that age, but I think, you know, physically you're not nearly that. But still, I mean... Why not take advantage of discounts if they're offered to you? Well, that's for sure. I mean, you know, and and here's the thing I would say about that, too, is I don't know. I find that as I have aged, people do tend to show respect to age. I remember when I was growing up and and I was I was one of those guys that I used to occasionally speed a little bit. Yeah. And so, um, attention, sheriff. That's kind of, that's, that's I was kind there. Of, I can that's, attest. That's, that's, that's kind of there's mild, a but statute of limitations on that. So go ahead. Yeah. When I was young, you know, right. man, they always just threw the book at me. But as I got, as I have gotten older, they've been much more kind. <laughs> it seems like the more gray hair I had, the kinder they were as they stopped me. <laughs> there's nothing worse than seeing red and blue lights in your rearview mirror. So I look at the speed limit and I act accordingly. But I guess I am old in that respect as well, too. So age 60, there are some benefits with age, and that is one of them, is that sometimes you're treated a little more gently. Let's uh, bump up and talk about age 62. To me, that means Social Security. Absolutely. And every day we get this question. You know, the question, though, more lately has been, it used to be people come in and say, well, when should I take my Social Security? Should I take it at 70, at 66, 67, my full retirement age? Mm -hmm. Should I take it at 62? And lately it's been, hey, is there any reason why I shouldn't take my Social Security at 62 is kind of what we hear now. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think people are becoming generally a little bit more educated in this arena. You know, we always talk about the fact that, you know, taking Social Security, if we knew the exact day that you were going to die, we could tell you the exact day to file so that you could maximize what you would withdraw, right, from Social Security. Security. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that is we have the the human side of things is what am I going to feel my best, look my best and be able to use this money? Is it now or what I'm 80 or like your grandma or uh, 105 or, yeah. or you know whatever that number is? And so we always look at it from both sides. But what we do when people come in, we sit down and we run the math several different ways. And then just talk to them, you know, about, hey, you know, what does retirement look like for you if you were to retire at 62 versus waiting to 67? I mean, do you like your job? Do you love your job? Do you want to stay? I mean, there's just so many things that come into it. And really what our job here a lot of times is to help people just bring that whole scenario into focus so they can go, 
oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of yeah. what happens a lot of times. And they say, yeah, I agree with you. That's what we're doing. You know, so sometimes it's we're, we're giving permission to what they already thought they wanted to do. Yeah. And there are a lot of questions uh, to be answered before you decide when to take Social Security, one of which is going to be, how much am I going to get? And for those people who are concerned with that, you can simply Google Social Security Retirement Estimator. Fill out a couple of little questions right there, and you will get an estimate of what your Social Security distribution amounts are going to be. Talk with Randy and Jake about uh, important ages in retirement here on Show Me the Money. The next one is age 65. That one's a big one when it comes to insurance. It absolutely is. You know, what keeps a lot of people working through 65 is the fact that they have to go out and buy individual coverage, which can be, it's really quite unbelievable. I would say that, you know, for a lot of people, it's $1,000 a month for them to go out and buy a decent amount of coverage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Medicare is kind of sweet music. Uh, You know, I uh, will tell you that Medicare... I mean, it's just it's just a great thing the day that you hit that age because it takes all of that guesswork off the table. Yeah. And Medicare is not a bad system, especially if you use some of the Advantage plans. The Medicare Advantage plans, you don't pay premiums for those. I'm not saying they're for everybody, but it's certainly something everybody should consider is looking at an Advantage plan versus a supplement and really understanding the difference as you make those decisions when you turn 65. And, of course, we have Tony here that we work with, Tony Gossard, that works through our office here that has all the different answers on the plans out there and can help people both with pre-65 health insurance as well as when they turn 65 and go on Medicare. Yeah, insurance becomes a lot easier easier when you turn 65 with Medicare, and I can attest to that personally. My wife is not Medicare age, and you're right, it is over $1,000 a month for her health insurance. Next one is age 66 to 67. That's important when it comes to Social Security again. Yep, just depends on when you were born as to uh, what your full retirement age is. I don't think there's anybody really that had a, that's, uh, I mean, everybody's 66 and four and beyond now. So most people are 66 and four to 67 is the full retirement age where they know they're going to get their full benefit. Of course, we're going to talk next here a little bit about what happens if you wait a little bit longer. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's the magical age where people get their full social security payout. Well, and one other important distinction there, it's also the full retirement age is the age where you can earn as much money as you want to earn. Right. without having to pay back your Social Security. So prior to your full retirement age, you can only make about $1,630 a month. Right. If you make more than that, you have to pay back $1 for every $2 you make. So you basically get a 50% pay cut beyond that. So that's one of the main distinguishing factors. Even if you took Social Security at 62 once you hit full retirement age, that penalty, so to speak, of earnings goes away. Or if you choose to wait until full retirement age, then you never have that problem where you have to pay back. And thank you for that, Jake. That is a big consideration for most people. Next one, the big 7-0, age 70. What's important about that? Well, at 70 is when you get the maximum payout. So if, you're re- if your full retirement age is 67 and you go ahead and work three more years, you're going to get an 8% per year added to your benefit. Now, it's not an 8% compound. Right. It's important people understand that it's an 8% simple. So let's say that your Social Security was going to be $2,000 at age 67. Well, 8% of that 2000 is 160 so you'd add 160 for that one year. So if you go three full years, it's going to be, what is that, $480 that right. would be added to that payment. So you'd be going from 2000 to 2480 And again, when it comes time to make that determination as to, hey, 
do I continue to work and not draw? Or at this point, like Jake said, maybe I just want to draw Social Security from 67 to 70, you know, and stack that money away. Because again, when you do the math and you really divide out how long you have to live to get even by waiting that three years that you did not collect, you know, that roughly, what is that? $24,000 a year. It takes a while to get even. So uh, we always look at those numbers as well. So I trust me more than I trust the government <laughs> to hold my money. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Jake. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What about this? What about this deal? I'm, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We're talking about birthday milestones in retirement. The final one, gentlemen, age 72. Age 72 is that magical day when you have to start taking what's called required minimum distributions from your retirement plan. So basically, if you don't do that, the IRS says, thank you very much. We'll take 50% of what you didn't take it and stick it in our pocket. So as bad as you don't want to take it, you know, it's something that you have to do. And if you don't do it, there's a pretty severe penalty. I will tell you, though, that there's a couple of things that you can do if you want to reduce the pain a little bit early on. There's a special situation called a QLAC that you can do to help with that. And I think that a lot of people are thinking out there, I thought it was 70 and a half. That changed a couple of years yeah, ago with yeah. the SECURE Act and then now 72. So they're kind of in the process of changing the tables and exactly how much that you, uh, they're, they're being phased in and out uh, based on these different ages. But that's something we can help with. I think that it's funny how they called it the Secure Act. It's <laughs> What's interesting is they always, and we've talked about this before on the show, but they always name these acts the opposite yeah, of what they uh, are. Of what yeah, they actually they do. do. So like it's the crazy. Patriot Act back in the day was, yeah. was legal means for the government to spy on you. Oh my right? gosh. And the Secure Act you know, it, it, anyway, it's just, You're it's right. kind of funny. You're right about yeah. that, Jake. Well, knowing these numbers is helpful to know, but what is next? Well, I'll tell you what's next. That is to get a retirement plan from Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group. Why wouldn't you call that number and get it today? There's no cost. There is no obligation to that. It's sort of a retirement roadmap to get you to retirement and help you get through retirement unscathed. Once again, to get yours, call 417-889-7233. Or better yet, schedule your appointment right here at the office here in Springfield by going to floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Again, no cost, no obligation to sit down with Randy and Jake and talk about your retirement. You're listening to Show Me the Money. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd and Jake Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money, and in this segment, we're going to be talking about market volatility and how does it impact your retirement. And Randy and Jake, we've seen many moves from the Federal Reserve around interest rates. We've heard Fed Chair Jerome Powell discuss how he understands the state of the economy, employment, inflation, and potential recession. Now, two things seem to be clear from the Fed talk. Interest rate increases are aimed at fighting inflation, and Powell sees the U.S. economy as strong enough to weather a bear market or recessionary period. So let's dive into what all this means for our listeners today. Sure. So, you know, the Fed has made it clear, you know, that they're going to get inflation stopped. And the way they have to do that is they have to really just basically break the demand that has been out there on the supply chain and also tighten up the money supply so that there's not as much money floating around out there. So I think he's right. He's doing exactly what he needs to do to get us there. 
The interesting thing is, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear that things have to get a little bit hard before they're going to get better. I wish there was another way to do this, but there really isn't one. But here's what I will say, you know, for our clients, the way we set up their retirement portfolios, we know that these times are going to come. We know that they're going to come again. And guess what, Jeff? After this one and the next one and the next one, there'll be another one. Yeah. So it, you know, people ask me, is the market going to go up? Yes. Is the market going to go down? Yes. You know, <laughs> and so we know that it's going to cycle. And knowing that when we build portfolios, we build in the look down the road that says, hey, if this happens, we want our people to be okay. We want them to know they can continue to rock on and retire on the way that they want to go and the way they've been doing. And yes, it may get a little tighter for a while. We may see their balance and their accounts are going to fluctuate some, but it's not going to be to the point to where they can't recover. And that's crucial when we retire. You know, Randy, the way you were talking about the cyclical nature of things, part of that's the market, but part of that's just the way the government and things function is is as the pendulum swings one direction or the other, it does tend to swing back. And it reminds me of this thing I saw on the internet, and we've, we've talked about this once before, but the cycle of the nation and and how well we're doing economically, but also just politically and everything, it's, it goes like this. It says that weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times, and good times create weak men. And mm. so it's a cycle that goes on and on and on. And I'll tell you, you know, if I if I look at the leadership of this country, strong men does not come to mind mm-hmm. at this point. And so that is the next evolution, though, in the cycle is the worse it is today, the more likely we are to have strong leadership and a better time in the future. And I think that I hold hope in that and in, in that we will see a strong leader, a strong leadership of Congress and things come into power next and really clean up a lot of the mess that's been made over the last, you know, several administrations. And I agree with you completely, Jake. I think there are better times to come. Randy and Jake, and especially you, Randy, for those people in retirement, maybe they've been retired a while. You have been in business for a long period of time, and I would imagine that you have seen more than just one of these cycles. And pretty much if people have a good plan, they come out, for the most part, unscathed. True or false? That is absolutely true. The worst thing in the world is to not really have a plan. And maybe the worst thing, though, would be sort of, if you will, bury your head in the sand and not really think about where we're going and why, and to not learn from this process this time. I remember the 80s very well. I was newly married and how things were the last Mm -hmm. time we had really high inflationary pressures and things, and we were just young enough and dumb enough and willing to work (laughs) hard enough that I don't really remember participating in it that much. Yes, interest rates were high, but we made it happen. We made it work. I think a lot of it is how we look at this, you know, from a mental attitude and and our perspective. Uh, There's always something we can do to make things better. And, you know, every day when I get up and I watch, you know, the news and I watch all the financial data that came in overnight, it's kind of funny. You know, I sit there at my computer while I'm having my coffee and my wife is sitting over there across from me having her coffee. And I, the first thing I say every day is, well, let's see what's happening in the world today as I go out and kind of log in right. and start looking. And so she says, don't tell me because I don't want to hear it because it makes her really nervous. Yeah. For me, I look at it this way. 
And I think this is the way that people should look at this. This is the situation. This is what we have. And this is what we're going to do. And we're going to make this better. And we're going to make the best lemonade out of the lemons we've been dealt today. And that's the world we wake up in every day. And we also know this, that the lemons we have today, we'll have more lemons again five Mm -hmm. years, ten years, next year, whatever it is. But we've always got to stay on the creative side and really manage our business daily to the best outcome. And I would agree with you completely, Randy. I mean, if you've got information as opposed to sticking your head in the sand, you're going to know what to do a lot better. I mean, I don't like surprises in retirement. I think most of our listeners don't either. We're talking with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group about how market volatility impacts your retirement. Randy, for those people who are worried, and I know a lot of people don't listen to every show, we've talked about this in the past, but, you know, they're on the cusp of retirement and they're going, well, shoot, I can't retire in this economy. This would be disastrous. Can you help people retire in this economy and have a successful outcome? We absolutely can, and we absolutely are. You know, just yesterday, we had a a very similar conversation to this. And by the way, I want to interject something. You know, I love my wife, and I'm not beating up on her. I just know that there's a lot of people that have that same fear that she has because she doesn't really know what the next step is there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I have 100% of the answers 100% of the time. Nobody can say that. But I do think it's important that people embrace it a little bit and figure out what the best course of action is. But back to your question, can we retire people now? Absolutely, we can. And we do. And we are every month here We're and every week we're sitting down with people, putting the finishing touches on their retirement plans. And, you know, sometimes we have to go a little more softly into retirement than we do when we've got a strong, rip-roaring, upside market. But the long and the short of it is if the plan is built right and we build that retirement income stream right and we build that portfolio right, it'll withstand the tough times. And when the good times come back around, we're going to rally. We're going to build more cash. We're going to have more money in the future. They're going to have more income to hedge against inflation. So the answer is, probably went a long time there to say is, yes, we can do it. For the most part, gentlemen, if you have saved properly, if you have had a proper financial plan, once you get into retirement, does this economy, does the market and all this really affect you so much? I mean, like I said, I've got people that I know that are in retirement and they have no idea how much homes are. They don't know how much rents are. They don't know how much, you know, hotel room is and so forth. They're not really affected as much by the current economy as someone who is not in retirement. Do you find that the case? Yeah, I think, you know, everybody's feeling, of course, the pressure from gas and the, and the cost of groceries and that sort of thing. But again, you're right. Normally, by the time we get people to re- retirement age and that sort of thing, they're not pressing the edge of the envelope with their budget, trying to make more raising kids and having to buy houses and all those things. And for a lot of retirees, you know, they got their house payments behind them, their kids are raised, and they have more disposable income. And so it doesn't, you know, quite hit them in the pocketbook the same way that it does maybe a young married couple or even a, somebody in their 40s or maybe their 50s yet where they're still trying to really save a lot of money. But it is just important, I think, that everybody have a plan. And no matter what age people are, if you've gone to work and you've earned a paycheck, you need to start thinking about having a plan. And people say, but for retirement, I'm 20. That's a long ways for me. Yeah. Yep. But I will tell you, Jeff, I can look back over my shoulder 40 years and say, wow, that wasn't that long. Yeah. It does sneak up on you. It is surprising how fast time goes. We're talking with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group about the current state of the economy and whether or not you can retire in a volatile market like this. 
And you know, when it comes to retirement, it's important to stay informed about the current market conditions and the strategies that you have at your disposal that might impact the decisions that you make in your retirement. And I think we know that it's a lot easier said than done. And that is why Randy and Jake are here to help you. If you would like a comprehensive retirement plan that'll get you to and through retirement, even in volatile times, not going to cost you a dime, no cost, no obligation to get your retirement roadmap. Call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233, and get a spot on Randy and Jake's calendar to sit down and have your personal conversation. Again, is isn't going to cost you a dime. You can also go out to the website and request it there, floydfinancialgroup.com, floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. When we come back, we're going to dive into the final portion of today's Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM. KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, Jeff, we're going to talk about what does it look like and what happens when I come to see Randy and Jake. Yeah, it is really a pleasant experience. A lot of people have some misconceptions about what it's going to be, that they're going to get in there. You're going to put a bright light in their eyes and ask them how much money they've got. You're going to intimidate them, but nothing could be further from the truth. It is a friendly conversation, just visiting with friends who truly want to help you. So let's talk about that five-step process that you go through at Floyd Financial Group. So Randy, what are the five steps? So basically the five steps, Jeff, when people come in, and like you said, many times they are, they're kind of nervous and apprehensive. The biggest thing that we want people to know is really what we want to know is what's important to them. We call this first step discovery. We want to know what they think retirement's about, what it's about to them, kind of what makes them tick and learn about their family a little bit and their family dynamics. And that's the discovery part. That's the first thing we want to do is just really get to know them and just you know, realize that uh, this is just a relaxed conversation and we're just starting down that road of planning for retirement and maybe getting them retired. Maybe it's right away or maybe it's five or 10 years down the road. But uh, really what we want to do is discover what's important to them so that we can really go to the next step in the equation. And that's step number two, which is analysis. We kind of look at where they are, what they've saved for retirement, and, you know, just really start to look under the hood of what their Social Security is going to be. If they're lucky enough, maybe to have a pension plan. There aren't many of those left out there, as you know, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we look at that. We also look and and see kind of how they're invested. And uh, we look at a risk tolerance for them to make sure that they're appropriately risked, not taking too much where it might hurt really bad if we have a big downturn in the market, but also not under risked where they can't make enough money to support their retirement. And part of the analysis process is as we look at this and figure out kind of what their risk tolerance is and where they need to be is then we start into step three. Once we have that behind us, we can look at planning and planning is where we go in and show people, you know, maybe where they're a little bit over risk or a little bit under risk what kind of income they can expect. And part of the analysis process too and discovery is we want to know what their budgetary requirements are as we go down through there. We're learning about that and you know what retirement looks like early. Sometimes we find today that people are looking at, hey, you know, I'd like to spend a little bit more money early on in retirement when I still look good, smell good, and can run marathons <laughs> and, and things like that. 
And then so discovery is number one, analysis number two. Number three is planning. Once we kind of get a good feel for people, we go out and we basically create an income spreadsheet for them and we get all detail-itist about this. Now know this, we'll take it from the 30,000-foot view or we can put it under the microscope, whichever people believe and everything in between there. But once we get through the planning process, I will say this too, that discovery, analysis, and planning may be three meetings or it may be two meetings. Generally, it's never one meeting. Discovery and analysis is kind of where we start. Generally, planning is maybe a second meeting. And then when we look at uh, the next level, if people say, well, yeah, you know, I think this is something I want to do. That's the implementation phase. So we don't sit around and uh, we will never sit there and say, okay, are you going to do this deal or not? You know, it's not, it's, it doesn't work that way. We don't put mm-hmm. the thumb on, on anybody. I do think too, Randy, to that point, if you ever sit down with a financial advisor and he's rushing you, that's not the right guy. Right. I mean, that should not happen. This is way too important. I think it's important that people understand what it is that they are going to be doing with these plans. And I think most people have never understood their investments truly. I think there's a lot of people that they had their 401k, they took some advice from a a buddy or maybe some advisor early on, and they just put some money in a fund and it kind of grew from there. You know, when it comes time to retire, it's really important to have an understanding of what's going on so that so that you can stay committed to the plan when things are good, but also when things are bad. And so don't ever let anybody put any pressure on you. And there's no pressure at Floyd Financial Group. So it's discovery, analysis, planning, implementation. Then finally, you don't just set it and forget it. You follow up with your clients, right? Right. So in step four, Jeff, just to be clear on the implementation portion of that, What generally happens is we have enough conversation with people and they go, okay, well, you know what? That really makes sense. And for the first time, I really kind of understand what's going on here. So yeah, what's next? And so at that point in time, we make it easy. We collect the data we need to set up their accounts and really help them start the process of transferring assets into their new retirement plan. So we make it easy that way. And then, like you said, the final step is where we monitor and Mm -hmm. and tweak and change that plan. And here's what I would say. There's no one portion of this plan that's more important than the other. You know, discovery is important. Analysis is important. Planning, implementation. But some people say, well, yeah, now we just got to monitor. Well, that's probably not just monitoring. Monitoring is really important because every day in here, Jake and I are crunching numbers, looking at where money is flowing and why and what's going on with interest rates, what's going on with bond rates, what's going on in the stock market, what companies making big moves, what companies not, what sector of the market is moving and shaking. And so we're constantly tweaking and making changes. And then the other part of the monitoring process is we have want to have a meeting with you about every 90 days, maybe six months. It just depends on the individual and how often they want to meet. But early on, we're going to have those meetings every 90 days. And, you know, I have people now that we've had, you know, for 15, 20 years, and those people say, oh, you know, Randy, I'll see you once a year. Love to see you. Maybe mm-hmm. see you at Christmas, uh, you know, at the Christmas party. We think we're going to have a Christmas party maybe this year. We haven't had the last two years. But, you know, we'll see you there. But many times it's just uh, they like to touch base by phone after a while but we always want to meet people exactly where they are we want to treat people the way they want to be treated and so whatever that monitoring process looks like it's ultra important that we stay in touch and everybody's connected so once again it's discovery and that is the getting to know you part of things that's where you visit a little bit you find out who you are and you know where you live what you like to do what your lifestyle is then comes analysis planning implementation and finally follow up 
And Randy and Jake, a lot of people listening to the program say these guys really know what they're talking about. They're talking these high figures and so forth and so on. But, you know, I'm a modest guy. I've got a 401k, got a little money in there, got a little money saved on the side here. I don't have multi-millions of dollars. I don't think Floyd Financial Group is right for me. Is that the case? I mean, do you really have to have millions of dollars in order to deal with you? No, not at all. We don't actually have any level of threshold of assets that people have to have to come see us. Hopefully, we'll never get to that point to where we have to do that sort of thing. But, you know, we do have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients at this point. But we uh, we really are just normal, common, everyday folk that have gone and studied the markets and gotten educated and worked with the markets for you know, I'm I'm sitting here at 20, nearly 22 years of dealing with financial markets and insurances and all that sort of thing. So like you say many times on here, like my grandma used to say, man, we we pull our pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. If you're a fireman, maybe you can jump in two at a time. But other, <laughs> other than that, we're just common folks like you, and we'll meet people wherever they are. And that is a good point to remember, too. Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group, they're just like us. They're trying to help you get to and through retirement. If you would like a financial plan with Randy and Jake, a chance for you to sit down and visit with Randy and Jake and, you know, go through that discovery uh, analysis and the five-step process there at Floyd Financial Group, it's quite simple. Call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial review at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Why not do it today? Well, gentlemen, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend, won't you? In this fantastic part of the country that we live in, we'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here. 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.